The views expressed in this podcast do not represent the opinions or ideas of Radio St. Rose or the College of St. Rose. Hi, I'm Alan Hills, and welcome to the College of St. Rose's movie review and discussion podcast series, Cutting to the Chase, brought to you by the Campus Radio Club, Radio St. Rose. So the topic of this episode is the new Netflix original film, The Highwaymen, which tells the story of the two former Texas Rangers who were hired by the then governor of Louisiana to hunt down the vicious criminals, Bonnie and Clyde. And my special guest today is a communications major here at St. Rose with a concentration in film and new media, and he's a member of St. Rose Television, and we all call him The Change. That's his big nickname here. We usually all have nicknames here, but we call him The Change because he is Chris Nichols. Chris, thanks for being here, man. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So yeah, you and I recently watched The Highwayman. It's like Mm -hmm. a brand new release. So I'll ask you this just to get it started. What are your thoughts on it? So I have a lot of thoughts on it. It's hard <laughs> yeah, to I kind of too. put into one word. I liked it. I liked some aspects of it. The same degree, I like. I didn't like a lot of aspects of it. It was yeah. kind of back and forth. What about you? Yeah, I just thought that the severity of the subject matter was, you know, a little understated. I mean, Bonnie mm-hmm. and Clyde were two very vicious criminals, and I felt that the tone of the movie felt a little understated, and it felt a little bland. I guess, you know, yeah, what I'm saying is that I didn't feel that there was a big sense of, you know, urgency given the task at hand and what they had to do. You know, I realized mm-hmm. that they're, you know, they're two retired Texas Rangers, and, you know, they're not used to going back to that lifestyle, and they have doubts that they can do it. And, you know, plus, most people down south treat them like Robin Hood figures since, you you know, it is the depression and, you know, there's a lot of hate going around and mm-hmm. the people kind of like them because of the crimes they're committing because they're giving them, Bonnie and Clyde are giving them all the money and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, but yeah, they had a lot of challenges to face. And for that reason alone, I think that the tone of the movie was a little too calm. It was a little yeah. too, it was just a little too bitter. And I think there should have been a little more intense excitement, you know, given the subject matter. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I just, I, it wasn't exciting yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I, I honestly 100% agree. I just thought the story was a little slow moving like you know i mean you're right it was a great i think i think the plot you know was great i mean tracing down bonnie and clyde that's very very cool in my opinion you know but yeah like you got it it was just a little slow a little bland at some points i think it took a long time to kind of build up to those important parts and we only see like one kind of like almost like i guess action scene if you will you know you know when they're on the driving around like in like kind of like the the dirt and stuff and trying to shoot at bonnie and clyde but that was really it it was kind of like just slow moving a little bland yeah, it was a little too bland. But the thing is, mm-hmm. I'm kind of hypocritical when it comes to the tone of the movie because, right. you know, since we're both film majors, we should mm-hmm. be touching base on this subject. I thought the cinematography was, you know, absolutely amazing. It was beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, given that, you know, it is the the South, you know, there's a lot of flat land in the mm-hmm. South. And when you film a lot of scenes during a certain time of day down in that climate, I shouldn't say climate, down in that landscape, <laughs> when you film wide shots down in that landscape at the right time of day they can look really beautiful if it's not cloudy or rainy and when the sun is setting it makes for you know really nice cinematography there were a lot of wide shots of Mm -hmm. you know uh, like a a car sitting on the road or you know shots of like hamer and galt just um, standing in a field somewhere or just sitting in a car you know near a sunset in a southern field you know john lee hancock always used these you know beautiful you know wide shots that were like just you know so nice to look at almost Mm -hmm. like looking at a painting and i feel like that's important in a movie Mm -hmm. especially when it has a very slow and non-exciting premise Mm -hmm. and i and i can't believe i'm saying that the premise was slow (laughs) and non-exciting given that this is the hunt for bonnie and clyde you know but uh, but other than the slow tone the cinematography was really beautiful and 
one of the other things I didn't like is, uh, wasn't the music kind of ridiculous too? The music was a little mellow. Yeah, there were some parts that actually really like liked the music. I think it worked well in some parts. Right. Other parts it didn't. Like you're right, it is a little mellow at some points. But yeah, I didn't mind it too much. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and plus the score was written by Thomas Newman. I don't know if you heard that name, Thomas Newman. He he's done. He scored a lot of films. Mm-hmm. He is not one of my favorites, though. He scored the last two James Bond movies, Skyfall mm-hmm. and Spectre. Okay. The musical score in those movies, in my opinion, are like terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to David Arnold's score in mm-hmm. Casino Royale, the horns and the trumpets in that movie are, you know, very loud in a very flamboyant 1960s mm-hmm. spy-like way, kind of like the Incredibles movies are. Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact that he didn't bring that style to Skyfall and Spectre is really disappointing. And you know, but The Highwayman shows that his style of music, you know, doesn't fit a serious or iconic subject matter in most cases. I mean, there was like there were like soft pianos in parts. Yeah. There was very little usage of like southern musical exactly. sounds. There were in some parts, but were there? I, I can't even remember. There was a little bit here and there. I think kind of like during when they specifically when um they were chasing the uh, I can't remember his character name, but like the redheaded boy. I think it was like a little bit you know southern flair there. I don't that. Yeah, I kind of agree. Score is a little bland. Yeah, a little too bland. But going back to the point of the cinematography, there was one aspect of the cinematography that I actually liked. You know, Mm -hmm. they drive these old Ford cars in the movie and they kept, especially in the beginning, there were these frequent close-ups of the hound figurehead mm-hmm. on the car. And I that's, didn't like that. Yeah. yeah, that's speaking with, you know, cinematic language. Kevin Costner is Hamer, Woody Harrelson is Galt, and, you mm-hmm. know, the hound figurehead symbolizes how they're both bloodhounds in the search for Bonnie and Clyde. And, you know, when cinematography speaks with cinematic language, that's really nice. So it really is a shame that the rest of the movie was kind of imperfect. I mean, the series mm-hmm. of the subject matter was... Like, really understated. But then again, there were occasional quips in the movie. I feel like they could have, mm-hmm. like, used that a little more because, you know, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson have been around for a long time. Yeah. And, and they're big names. One scene I found particularly cool was where they were in this bar that was, like, loaded with a lot of people who are loyal to Bonnie and Clyde. And while mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson's, you know, in the bathroom, these guys try to, you know, rough him up mm-hmm. and he beats them all up. And, I did you know, like that scene. That was very cool. Yeah, he said something like, you know, you don't mess with a former Texas Ranger. That yeah. was, like, one of the few fun parts in the movie where you recognize you know, the legendary backgrounds of Hamer and Galt, you know, and my argument is that, you know, through most of the movie, it felt like it was about two guys and a bunch of other people who mm-hmm. only had hopes of catching Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Like, the seriousness of the movie was not identified very well. I recall some of my favorite Western movies like, you know, High Noon from the 50s mm-hmm. or even Tombstone from the 90s. I mean, the villains of that movie posed serious threats, especially in the West, and they exemplified the seriousness of that threat. And the characters realized the serious measures that they had to take in order to stop all of it. And I just didn't have that kind of feel with this movie. I don't yeah, I think it mostly comes from the pacing of the movie as yeah. well. And, you know, because I feel like, you know, Hamer and Galt, they weren't really, they didn't feel like they were in a rush. They're kind of like, oh, you know, we'll get out here. Maybe we'll catch them. Maybe we won't. Kind of like you said, you know? Yeah. I wish they kind of gave them a little bit more urgency and also kind of more so went to like their Texas Ranger kind of backstory and gave them that extra flair. I think it really would have helped improve the uh, their characters overall. It would. And Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson have played very, you know, funny, witty characters mm-hmm. in the past. I felt that they were really, you know, misused in yeah. this film. I mean, they could have done like so much more. And I don't think those two were ever in a movie together before this. I mean, the fact that they had them both together, they could have worked out uh, some more humorous moments. They did have some humorous moments, and I think overusing the humor would have been bad, too, given mm-hmm. the serious subject matter that wasn't exemplified. But, you know, still, it, this movie could have been 
a whole lot better. And my other problem with the movie is that, you know, they would show Bonnie and Clyde occasionally from these extreme wide shots where mm-hmm. they would kill cops on the road. And But the thing is, they would occasionally show up in the same scene as Hamer and Galt. But whenever they did, it just happened, you know, so casually. Here they come. There was no epic buildup through cinematography or, mm-hmm. you know, riveting music. You know, in one scene, uh, Woody Harrelson's character, Galt, he's trying to, you know, um, go to the bathroom in the back of a building. And they drive in. And he tries to take them down, but he doesn't get a chance to because the crowds come up, you know, to honor them and talk to them and get themselves all over them. But mm-hmm. there was no build up to that moment. And I'm like, wait, what's happening here? I don't feel like scared or intimidated at all. I don't feel that excitement as a film right. viewer. Yeah, I didn't get that moment. Like, what's going to happen? I just kind of like, oh, you know, it's a car pulling in. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, I didn't really realize it was Bonnie and Clyde. Dude, that crowd started going crazy. It's like, you know, it wasn't that you're right. That oomph, that build up that they really needed to kind of accelerate the film. Yeah, I I think they were trying to go for some kind of bland artistic tone, but mm-hmm. given this certain historical storyline, I just don't think it was working. Yeah, you know, I know they said it was based off a true story, and right. maybe they really stuck to that, but I think they needed to kind of add some extra flair and some extra, I guess, falsivity, if you will, to kind of just make it more entertaining. Yeah, I, we really needed it in this mm-hmm. case. I mean, you know, it almost feels like a Western in that sense. You know, we don't consider it the West anymore, especially in terms of like the early 1900s. We consider it the South. I mean, mm-hmm. that area of the country is, you know, so full of, you know, uh, violent legend and, mm-hmm. you know, all these these cunning stories in a sense. I mean, they had so much to work with and I, I feel like they just missed out on it. It was so disappointing. But yeah. I will say that seeing Kathy Bates play the governor of Louisiana was that was Great. Satisfying. I mean, she was perfect for the role. She always she plays characters like that. But yeah, it was good to see her in those brief parts of the movie where they showed her and, and her hiring them was pretty sweet. So this movie did have some good aspects. I just feel like they, you know, missed out on a lot of things, you know, given the stars and the story and, you know, and they focused a lot, too, on how the people considered Bonnie and Clyde Robin Hood figures. And, you know, in the end mm-hmm. where they were finally taken down, you know, there was no sense of celebration or or triumph what do you have to say about that because it seemed like that was kind of mellow too what do you think of like the end yeah the ending was interesting i personally kind of thought it was interesting how they actually did kind of so like talk about like the support that bonnie and clyde actually had because i really didn't know that you know yeah like real life but yeah the ending it was kind of it was odd you know it thought to be like some like not necessarily excitement for killing people but i mean that sounds wrong (laughs) but like some like you know like we did it kind of like you know like we can sleep easy tonight but there was nothing it was very very mellow all the characters are like very somber and you know yeah it was just i i wish it was just slightly different a little bit more excitement you know yeah it's important to know if the filmmakers really want to establish bonnie and clyde's reputations as vicious murderers through this film and i Mm -hmm. feel like they were but i feel like that john lee hancock and the other makers of the movie and the other producers they should have made that intent more concrete and less understated because when they were finally taken down there was sad music and they showed them driving their car through the streets with their dead bodies in it and everyone's so upset and there's this sad music going and they showed the real footage at the end of the the site where they shot them and they say how many people went to their funeral and they show the old shots of their funeral from that time, which was very interesting. But that almost felt like they were trying to honor them in a sense. I mean, this is not something to feel sad about. These were vicious criminals. They had to be taken down. And I feel like this movie is trying to establish them as bad people. But like, like I just said, they should have made that more concrete. And there was a movie made years ago. I don't remember exactly when, but Mm -hmm. it was made years ago where they were totally romanticized. You know, the main characters were these great people and they made them look good. So Bonnie and Clyde have really been misrepresented in entertainment throughout the years. And they almost did a good job in The Highwaymen of making them look bad. But I I just think they should have done a better job. Yeah, I agree. Like, 
there wasn't that like factor that made him kind of like I don't want to you know like badass in a sense. I didn't really get that feeling of like oh they're really cool you know they're this or that. I kind of felt like they weren't posing too much of a serious threat, right? Based on what we saw, you know, because there's not really like not really a build up through like the cinematography. And you know what's even more disappointing in a sense now that I mm-hmm. think about it. I mean. Kevin Costner is the star of the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. this is Kevin Costner we're talking about here, the mastermind behind Dances with Wolves from right. 25, 30 years ago. I mean, that was an incredible movie. Kevin Costner really knows how to capture drama, action, and emotion. And I just can't help but think, if he directed this movie, it would have been amazing. I think he would have understood the subject matter a little well and given it the kind of you know riveting, dramatic emotion that it deserved. Have you seen Dances with Wolves at all? I have not, actually. I saw it years ago. It's a beautiful story, mm-hmm. a beautiful movie, and I don't think Kevin Costner has directed a movie like in a long time, but I will say Kevin Costner does recognize the importance of cinematic language and mm-hmm. making a good movie. And I, I just feel like that if he directed this movie, he would have knocked it out of the park. I forgot what else John Lee Hancock directed, but... I just don't think he necessarily did a good job. I mean, yeah. considering how vicious Bonnie and Clyde actually were, but I, I do appreciate the shots in the movie where they showed them killing the cops, mm-hmm. and you know that was that was important. I did like that, yeah. I thought it was kind of cool, like you know, like the following shot of like Bonnie with like her gimp walking over. I thought that was kind of cool. It kind of like added some suspense to the scene. Yeah, and I don't think this was the first shot. I at least think it was like one of the first shots of them like killing cops, which are horrible mm-hmm. scenes, but they needed to be shown to show right. how bad they were. There was this man, I think, in his farm or his house, you know, going out to do something, and they were showing his view from the road next to his house as, you know, they were killing the cops. And, you know, they, they combined a full shot, you know, with a extreme wide shot of them killing the cops. I think they kind of combined both the guy and Bonnie and Clyde killing the cops in the same shot, which was, you know, very intriguing. And that's the kind of intense excitement I'm talking about. It was very occasional and mm-hmm. it was very brief. And I just think, you know, it was totally imperfect in that sense. But but yeah, given all that they had to work with, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, I think they like deserved a lot more. And, yeah. and and if you think about it, they haven't done much in the past. They're not in much anymore. And that's kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the last thing Woody Harrelson has done. I, I mean, think the last thing he did was uh was Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes, that movie see, didn't do too well. So Yeah, I know. See, these guys, they're doing mm-hmm. all these little roles because, you know, everyone's considering them old and they can't do anything anymore, which actors. is which is unfair. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're legends. Actors. They're legends. But but yeah, the last movie I saw Kevin Costner in, like the last truly great movie that he starred in was 12 years ago. It was a movie called The Guardian. Did you see that movie? I have not. It's Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher. It's about the Coast Guard. He loses a partner in the beginning, so they send him to a school to teach Coast Guard students so he can, you know, get over the tragedy. And Ashton Kutcher is one of the students. And it's a great movie all about, you know, the Coast Guard and the morality behind the Coast Guard. Mm -hmm. That movie is a perfect example of, you know, emotional drama and intensity, you know. And given all the movies I've seen in the past, it's really hard to enjoy a movie that has a great subject that you want to like. But it's just, like, so flawed. Yeah. It's really... um, I really don't know what to think about it, but I just really think The Highwaymen could have been better. Netflix makes a lot of good content, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Netflix has the potential to produce some good quality content, mm-hmm. and I just feel like they really missed out with The Highwaymen. They really did, because it was, I think it was such an interesting plot. You know, when I first kind of like read like, the description, saw a trail, I'm like, oh, this can be really, really good, but then, you know, it just fell a little flat. Yeah, and I, I would have been okay with it if the mood of the first act weren't continued. You know, we all talk about, you know, the three-act structure mm-hmm. in, you know, the world of film. You know, act one is where you're introduced to the problem. Act two is where the problem intensifies. And act three is, you know, the big 
uh, climax or whatever where mm-hmm. the problem is solved. You know, this movie felt like the entire first act was just prolonged throughout the entire thing. <laughs> That's nothing, a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> I know. Nothing intensified. This movie was just uh, the Highwaymen Act 1 throughout the entire <laughs> thing. I think the professors here at St. Rose would have a lot to say about they that would. because we have some great professors here at St. Rose. They would say some good things about that movie. Not good things, but good things in terms of how the three-act structure needs to be better created in mm-hmm. the future because I think, you know, it's really important. But yeah, yeah I'm just so disappointed because I love the whole theme of, you know, the South and mm-hmm. the West. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, I that's just... Westerns. I know, it's just, a, it's just a legendary period and a lot of Westerns throughout the years haven't exemplified that intensity. Like, I love this Western that was made in 2015 called Forsaken with both Kiefer and Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. That had some great action and great dialogue, but the intensity could have been a little better in that one too, even though it was not as bad as The Highwaymen. And... Ed Harrison Viggo Mortensen did this Western 10 years ago called Appaloosa. Hmm. Have you seen that one? I haven't, no. That was pretty bland too. Even hmm. though Ed Harris brilliantly directed it, there's like mm-hmm. no sense of intensity. That that theme of, you know, the West and the legend of the West, it's just gone. And I, mm-hmm. no one cares for it anymore. And I think it's really sad. Yeah. And they're just not doing it justice either. So no one can really care for it anymore. It's not going to be good, you know? I think the Coen brothers definitely did it justice, though, in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, yeah. I heard that's very good. That movie does capture a lot of drama and emotion when it comes to the West, but in a little bit of a darker way, like only the Coen brothers can do. Mm-hmm. But but still, that was a little better than The Highwaymen, I have to say, because you really feel the, the drama of that movie. And it got a few mm-hmm. accolades, too, like even Best Original Song. Oh, wow. A song from that was you know, really heartfelt, and it talked about how, you know, only in death can men really accept each other a song called when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings is a really good song hmm. if you want to watch the movie i won't spoil the plot line i'll let you know the mm-hmm. background behind that no, i gotta watch it the sad thing is the majority of southern slash western theme movies these days aren't you know given the proper heart or the proper treatment and i think that's a real problem yeah it really is it because westerns have the potential to be so good and they were so good you know back in the day and i think even now they'd be even better with you know the technological advancements and you know the just advancements in the film world but they just really haven't i don't think hit that mark at least a lot of them haven't hit that mark yeah the last great western in my opinion was really 1993's tombstone which is about mm-hmm. Wyatt Earp and doc holiday it's more than just the gunfight the okay corral too it's about their efforts to you know rid the west of the crime mm-hmm. in the south you know and the west you know there was this group of abandoned outlaws from the north called the cowboys they were just wreaking havoc and they had to resort to just going to kill them all to you know stop the all the crime that was going on so and that movie was very powerful the quips are very powerful and mm-hmm. there's a lot of jokes in it too and it's an amazingly done movie and mm-hmm. The Highwaymen just could have done so much with that formula because Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer play Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and their acting is legendary. Mm -hmm. Their quips are so like quotable. Like me and my family, we all quote that movie. I grew up with them quoting that movie. Mm -hmm. Tombstone is a really special, iconic movie. It's known for his quips and its triumph, but I really wish The Highwaymen used that. Can you think of any Westerns you've seen that you wish this movie emulated Um, a little more? hmm. You know, even maybe even like, the Searchers, in some sense. Yeah. That's a very, very old movie. I believe 1940s, maybe 50s, something like that. 55, I think. Yeah. I really like that a lot. I thought the cinematography was great. The setting was great. And yeah. it did, you know, I mean, there wasn't too much action in it, even like The Highwaymen, but it still had that sense of, like, adventure that I think The Highwaymen could have benefited from if there yeah. was not, you know, that lack of action, which there was. And, you know, I mean, obviously it was a John Wayne. But, um, yeah, I think if they just included that and kind of, like, that aspect of adventure and kind of, like, searching – Hence, you know, the searches like they did in The Highwaymen, I think it could have been much better. Even like, you know, 
I don't even call this a Western, but like Django Unchained. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't but seen Quentin that yet. Gentino. It's kind of like in a Western as well. Very good movie, you know. Also, again, not that much action, but had that sense of adventure, that sense of kind of curiosity of when we are going to, you know, catch like X person, you know, I won't spoil it for you. But, you know, I think the Highwaymen just could have used that formula a little better and, you know, really applied it and would have been great. Yeah. What I really think is that, you know, the people that Netflix hires to make movies, all the directors, writers, and producers, mm -hmm. I think they're so focused on, you know, this dark experimental formula that they think everybody wants to see, you know, yeah. this dark experimental formula. And that's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. It only works for some things, you know, and yeah. only for some TV shows as well. It only works for some TV shows, some movies. I mean, it works for things like, you know, Stranger Things and, oh, yeah. you know, but I saw this post-apocalyptic thriller on Netflix called IO. There was no sense of urgency or intensity in that movie either. And that was really disappointing. And, and while we're on the subject of The Highwaymen, I can't believe it took me this long to bring it up. Have you seen the Netflix original show Longmire at all? I have not. That show just ended, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It had a very successful six seasons. It had an incredible run and I'm sad it's over, but that show is incredible. I mean, Longmire is an old school sheriff in this Wyoming county he always has to fight threats like these and the drama in that show and the intensity of the evil situations that they have to fight is amazing mm -hmm. i mean the highwaymen exemplified that kind of formula so much that they could have gone in that direction because longmire's played by this australian actor named robert taylor and his acting is just incredible and he is a nice guy he's nice and you know uh, sympathetic when he wants to be but when it comes to doing his job he's very rough and tough and very hardcore he's very old school sheriff he doesn't even use a cell phone Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And I know it's incredible. <laughs> and when it comes to catching, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, you want to know that the people hunting them down are people who really care about their job yeah. and really want to catch them. And they, they did exemplify it in parts. They didn't totally abandon it. But yeah. we just we really need that sense of, you know, we got to catch them. Let's yeah, do this. Kinda... We need we, the audience needs to feel a sense of, you know, inspiration. We don't need to feel totally melancholy. We know Bonnie mm -hmm. and Clyde do bad things, but we need to feel motivated that they will be brought down. Yeah, I kind of felt like Hamer and Gold didn't really like want to get back out there it's almost like they were like put in like this position almost had to in a sense didn't feel like any like need of like urgency right know? and i wish they just had that and even went you know deeper with like you know the whole texas ranger backstory because i think it would have been so good if really like included that in their character arc right yeah plus it had been a long time since they were texas rangers too like mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hamer was having those kids throw bottles in the sky so he could shoot them. He only oh, yeah. got one of them, which was the last one. So the thing is, they were also rusty, too. They hadn't done it in a long time. Overall, pretty flawed movie, but I'm, I, in a sense, I am glad that they did make The Highwaymen because mm -hmm. it is still an important subject matter. And for film students like you and I, and for people who are about to go into the film business, I think this movie serves as a good example on how we can make that historical storytelling formula better mm -hmm. you know because not every movie can be perfect but we need to let that serve as a lesson to us on how we can make the story more exciting because you know we want the viewers to be enticed and especially in this age of streaming movies we need those streams yeah i agree i agree i think this movie is great in the sense of cinema cinematography i think you know if you want to learn cinematography you know especially in like you know a western sense you know watch it i think they did a great job but i definitely agree what you said you know kind of shows you what almost not to do in a sense for uh for like based on true stories you know yeah but but yeah i know it's it's important to you know keep that historical storytelling formula alive i mean yeah. it needs to be strong because history is not necessarily everyone's cup of tea i mean mm -hmm. i used to be a history major and i didn't really enjoy it but i love history in the movies especially mm -hmm. when it's interesting and when it's you know done right and outside from the western genre you think of historical thrillers like uh braveheart 
Oh, yeah. Dances with Wolves. What are some others? Uh, what others have you mm. seen? They can't come to my head right now. But yeah, there's Dances with Wolves, Braveheart. I'm blanking. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so many uh, I've seen, but they just can't come to my head right now. There's many I love. And there's even the the Hollow Crowns, BBC mm-hmm. show. It's got people like uh, Ben Wishaw, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Tom Hiddleston. They're all about William Shakespeare's plays about all the kings of England mm-hmm. during events like the Hundred Years' War and stuff like that and the Wars of the Roses. And even though they're adaptations of Shakespearean plays, the way the history is presented is amazing. And I think they truly are the most realistic depictions of medieval England that we'll ever see. The sets are incredibly realistic. The armor is not cheesy. Mm-hmm. And the acting is, you know, just incredible. And I think through those those icons, you know, it's very important to make history enticing. And that's why I love Braveheart so mm-hmm. much. The lifestyle of, you know, the Scottish people is, you know, very enticing. I think the British armor is very cheesy in that, you know, old-fashioned yeah. 20th century way. But then again, it's not about the British. They're the bad guys <laughs> in that movie. So, yeah, but Mel Gibson masterfully directed Braveheart. And, you know, Kevin Costner masterfully directed, you know, Dances with Wolves. And so many great historical movies have been made. I don't know why they can't come to my mind right now. Maybe I'm super stressed out because of my work. But, <laughs> but I think historical films are going through a big slump. And I think mm-hmm. it's kind of sad. You know, history tells a story. And that's why a lot of historians exactly. find it intriguing. But there is a great Netflix show out called Roman Empire. Mm. They've made two seasons of it right now. They're working on a third. Uh, season one is on Commodus. Season two is on Caesar. Mm. And season three is going to be on the worst of them all, Caligula. Oh. And it's a very intriguing show. It features acting and interviews with historians. It's mm. a brilliantly produced show. And it's realistic, too. And Sean Bean narrates them. Oh, wow. And I think through the usage of all those things, it makes the history enticing. Like, when I first watched the show, I almost felt, like, bored. Like, I don't have time for history. But then watching it, I just got, like, sucked in. You know, the guy who plays Caesar, an Australian actor named Ditch Davey, you know, is amazing. And when you got Sean Bean's narration, yeah. who's on Game <laughs> of Thrones, exactly. I mean, how can you go wrong? But. I agree. But I think The Highwaymen could have used a little more intimidation in its production. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's so important to, like, you know, conserve history and kind of, like, retell it. You know, like you said, history tells a story. It's yeah. important to tell that. But I think we're going to tell it. We need, we need to do it justice. And I don't necessarily know and think that The Highwaymen did that. Yeah, I really don't think The Highwaymen served justice fully i think Mm -hmm. it did serve justice in a sense but the end didn't really feel victorious it was too melancholy like i said i know people considered them robin hood figures and loved them but in this day and age we know now that that's not the case i mean we don't live in that age anymore we know the things that they did and Mm -hmm. we can't show any of the sadness from the people who really loved bonnie and clyde i mean we can't depict that on film anymore Mm -hmm. we don't live in that day and age anymore in our sophisticated age now we know the facts that they were vicious criminals and that needed to be interpreted a little more accurately. It mm-hmm. did show them as vicious criminals, but the end didn't make that as concrete as they should have. But like I said before, imperfect movies teach people like you and I a lesson. People like us who are about to go in the film business, it serves as a lesson to us on how we need to make the formula better and how we need to tell those historical stories better in the future. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I still enjoyed watching. You know, I did. I, I mean, did too. Yeah. I think mostly because of cinematography and stuff like that. You know, and the yeah. cast, I think obviously it was a great cast. I mean, you know. Yeah, but great cast. I definitely think, again, they could have just hit a couple more marks, and it really would have been it. I think it had such yeah. potential to be, like, incredible, but it just yeah. didn't get there. Yeah, great cast, great cinematography, but mm-hmm. imperfect storytelling. Right. But, hey, in the future, maybe we'll get something better. I certainly hope we do. I do, too. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I really had a blast talking about this movie. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, you're welcome. Hope to have you on again. Yeah, sounds good. Once again, I'm Alan Hills, and this has been Cutting to the Chase. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week.